On today's show, 32 ranked players, 16 honorable mentions, and in-depth breakdowns on each of them. My updated December rankings for the 2023 NHL Draft are coming up on Locked On NHL Prospects. You are Locked On NHL Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to Locked On NHL Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On this podcast, I break down everything prospects related for you five days a week, Monday to Friday. I am Hattie Kalakesh. I'm a scout and prospect analyst across multiple platforms, including this one. And I've got a very good show for you today. So start of the month. So we're going to be breaking down uh, the top 32 prospects um, updated for December with my recent viewings and all of that. Um, there's going to be honorable mentions as well, end up breakdowns on each of these players, and I'll be breaking down the risers and fall and why they've risen or fallen, uh, what in my recent viewings has changed, what my assessment of them has has been in the last couple, couple of weeks, and um, sort of, you know, what the update is on them uh, and how they're doing. So before we get into any of that, just remember to like and subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. If you haven't already, it's always much appreciated. And make sure to follow us on all of your favorite podcasting platforms, wherever you find your podcasts, you can find us. Um, so let's get right into it. I'm going to start with the honorable mentions. I'll let them sort of roll down below and sort of uh, run out a couple names just to sort of break them down for you. So uh, Cam Allen is a big one. Then we've got three NTDP guys on the list in Gabe Perot, uh, Ryan Leonard, and Oliver Moore. Uh, they all missed the cut, but, uh, you know, there are some high-end prospects on the NTDP side, just not as much as, you know, 2019, for example, or last year. Then there's a couple WHL guys as well, and Luca Cagnoni, who missed the cut uh, by a hair, um, and a couple guys in Samuel Honzek, who's been creeping up, and Kalen Lind, who's kind of been steady. Um, it's kind of difficult to assess as well, but he's in the honorable mentions. Uh, two QMJHL guys, a league that I scout a lot uh, for different platforms as well, and Jordan Tourigny and Mathieu Catherfort. Um, Both of them missed the cut. Uh, for different reasons. Um, there's a couple other guys in here, some overseas prospects as well. Um, but let's cut right into the uh, bottom half of the first round. We'll start with pick 32. My 32nd overall pick is Nate Danielson of the Brandon Wheat Kings in the WHL. So Danielson is a, a North-South player. He's a he's one of the oldest players in the draft as well as a September 04 birthday. Um, 6'185 pounds is already pretty physically developed. Uh, ranked handed shooter, which is going to help his value. I just don't see as much east west elements and as much sort of puck skills as I wish he had. Um, but I think he'll make a very solid sort of bottom six, um, two way center with you know value on, on this on the penalty killing unit as a top penalty killer, that kind of thing. Um, more likely a third liner than a fourth liner, in my opinion. He's got a pretty high ceiling, but not enough offensively to sort of give him more than that. Then we've got Michael Robble at 31st overall, the only netminder in this first round. Um, and as well, if you include the honorable mentions, probably the, the only goaltender in the top 50, in my opinion. Um, very strong, very physically you know, gifted. He's got great athleticism as well. On top of that, he reads play really well, keeps his eye on the puck, keeps track of it really well. He covers his corners. His technique does need some work in certain areas. I don't think he covers the top half of the net as good as he could. He really relies on his size to block off the top half of the net. Um, but other than that, he's a, he's a safe bet to be a starter, I think, at the NHL level. 
Then at 30th overall, the first of many short kings in my bottom half of the first round, we've got Will Whitelaw, 5'9", 172 pounds, a product of the Youngstown Phantoms in the USHL. Um, very quick, great playmaker, uh, decent shot, um, great processing. He's just... His size actually limits him. It's different than with other shorter players who have developed the adaptive tools to improve their game um, and, and sort of compensate for the lack of size. It is a limiting factor in his case, despite the weight. Um, but, you know, he's got some runway to improve as well. He's, he's a very good prospect and is worth a shot. Then at 29th, we've got Gavin Brindley, um, the player who's probably going to be shooting up my rankings. I really liked what I saw from him in my viewings where uh, half the team was ill in, in Michigan, and he ended up getting a shot in the top six. He played really well. A lot of intensity, a lot of pace to his game. I just would like to see him slow down the pace of play a bit and be comfortable sort of dictating the pace of play by, uh, you know, delaying long enough or or slowing down at the blue line when he's entering the offensive zone, that kind of thing. At 28th overall, we've got Hunter Bristevitz, uh, right-handed defenseman of the Kitchener Rangers, who were a very rough team to watch. Um, I love Bristevitz's playmaking ability. He's an assist machine. Um, decent in transition. Um, does have some issues defensively at times, but I think it's more of the system in Kitchener. They had a lot of change in that organization, and it is harming him a bit. But he was in the honorable mentions and is now 28th overall, so he's jumped up quite a bit. Then at 27th overall, we've got Axel Sandin Palika, another right-handed defenseman. Uh, transition machine. He he drives breakouts really well. He skates the puck out really well. Um, not as shifty and elusive and manipulative in the offensive zone, um, you know, from the blue line. But in transition, he's very difficult to stop. Moving on to 26 overall, we've got Denver Barkey, a player that I don't really see on many rankings, but I think really deserves, um, you know, his honors as a, a top 32 prospect. 5'8", 174 pounds, plays for the London Knights. Um, not the biggest, not the strongest, but if you want flash and skill and fun, he's got it in spades. He's a very, very fun prospect to scout and watch. Then at 25, we have got Jaden Perron, another short king, 5'8", 157 pounds. This is a player who's compensated for his skill, for his lack of size really well. Um, plays between checks, um, attacks the middle, uh, great shot, great playmaking, amazing stick handling. His puck skills across the board are really solid. Um, he's been driving the offense really well for the Chicago Steel. I, I just, you know, yes, the size is limiting, but just the offensive potential with Perron is through the roof. I really like this prospect. At 24th, we've got Otto Stenberg. He remains one of the most versatile players in this class. He's He can do a bit of everything, and he's got a very, very good skating stride on top of that. Um, but I just I haven't seen him find his niche, and that's what's sort of limiting him from being a top 20 player. He slipped down the rankings because of that. Um, but we'll see how the season goes on. I still have a lot of viewings to get in on these European players. So um, he's one guy I'm watching pretty closely. Then at 23rd, we have got Luca Pinelli. Luca Pinelli... Yes, he's small, he's not the fastest, he's not the strongest, but he is one of the smartest players in this class. And what I've really liked that I've seen in his game, you know, in the last month or so has been the off-puck positioning and the goal-scoring ability that he has. He plays off his teammates extremely well. As soon as his teammates have the playmaking skill to find him, you know, he, he's, he's money. He's got a great shot and finds soft ice so well. Um, I really like this player's game. At 22nd, we have got Ethan Gauthier. Gauthier, for me, you know, I love his his high-end pace. I love the fact that he's one of the most intense players in this draft. He's got a decent shot, decent playmaking, but really what drives his, play, his game is the intensity and the intelligence that he has. That combination is pretty lethal, but it's a, sort of the same as with Otto Stenberg. He hasn't really found his niche offensively and what he's really good at. 
um, whether that's, you know, creating space for himself or finding soft dice behind defensemen, stuff like that. He still needs to work that part out, but very intense, crashes in net, you know, fights for, for rebounds, all that stuff. Uh, you know, he's got a lot of projectable elements. Then at 21st, we've got Charlie Stramel, a player who's grown on me a tiny bit. Um, I still think that a skating stride is, is one of the poorest in this class, but he's big, he's strong, and he's got very, very soft hands. He can get around uh, defenders very, very swiftly and, and, and effortlessly. I really like that part of his game. He's already playing NCAA hockey and doing pretty well for the University of Wisconsin, so um, he just misses out on the top 20. Um, he's edged out by the 20th overall pick, Quentin Musty. The fun thing about Quentin Musty is he can do everything with the puck. Across the board, his playmaking, his goal scoring, his stick handling are all high-end. But what's missing from his game is his processing is really below average. I think that he doesn't really make the best decisions with the puck, and that's limiting his game a lot. Um, so just improving on that aspect of his game would probably help him a whole lot. Uh, he's big, and he's got you know very, very good hands. So you know if you work out his hockey sense and make it a, a strength, then watch out, because you might have a top-line player in Quentin Musty down the road. Then at 19th overall, we've got Cone Zemer, the first of two Prince George Cougars on this uh, on this uh, first round of the 2023 NHL Draft. Uh, you know, big physical, strong player with a very, very good shot. He's one of the best goal scorers in the draft. Um, you know, he's kind of average or below average across the, the board everywhere else, but his physicality and his shot should be able to, to make him a, a very decent top 20 prospect. And if you can round out his game, he's another player you can you can definitely watch out for. Then at 18th, we've got Mikhail Gulyayev. He doesn't really seem like the part of a, of a great defender. He's 5'10", 170 pounds, pretty swift with great hands. You, you'd think he's an offensive defenseman, but his strength is, is defending, especially rush defending. He matches footwork really well, um, sticks with rushing forwards extremely well. Um, he's very difficult to get around. He rarely gets caught out of position. Um, just extremely solid defensively and with some offensive upside, which which ranks him this high in this draft. Then at 17, we've got a big winning winger, uh, big goal scoring winger in Matthew Wood. He's sort of your prototypical power forward, um, drops the shoulder, gets to the middle, uh, crashes the net, uh, really loves his rebound, scores in tight, all that stuff. So that's it for the for the bottom half of the first round. And we're going to get into the top half of the first round, or top 16 uh, of December, right after these messages. So I want to talk to you about Athletic Greens and the product AG1. Athletic Greens is already a widely trusted company with over 7,000 five-star reviews and recommendations from pro athletes. Their multivitamin AG1, which is easy to use with just a quick scoop and some water, uses the best natural products, no GMOs, no artificial anything, and it helps with everything from sleep quality to gut health to boosting your immune system and much more. With one scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to start off the day right. It's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with the best weapon you can buy. No more taking 20 pills and supplements in the morning. Just one quick scoop and a cup of water and you're set for the day. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five three travel packs for your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, so moving on to the top half of the first round of this December update of the top 32. We're going to start with the 16th overall pick, the only player from Finland. It's Kasper Haltonen, 
from HIFK in the Liga. Another big winger with some great physical elements. He can shoot really hard, but what I really like about his game is not only is he big and physical, but his, his mechanics along the boards are really solid. He's very capable uh, in terms of cutting to the inside, you know, getting off the boards, um, the way he shields the puck, the way he establishes body positioning. It's all very sort of pro-polished, and that's what I really love about his game. Then at 15, we've got a big riser in Lukas Drogasevic, uh, right-handed defenseman uh, from the Tri-City Americans in the WHL. Just an offensive dynamo. There's really very little he can't do with the puck. Um, great on breakouts, great in the offensive zone. He attacks uh, open ice in the offensive zone often and very well. His decision-making in his own zone and on the breakout do need some work, but offensively you're getting a lot from him so he's kind of a high risk high reward defenseman and if you can bring some consistency to the areas of his game that are inconsistent right now uh watch out with Drogasevich. he could be a very very good prospect down the road then at 14th we've got colby barlow barlow is your modern day power forward so it's not like matthew wood where you know he's constantly just dropping the shoulder, getting to the net, getting shots off, getting to rebounds, all that. Barlow also has some finesse elements to his game that really sort of shine uh, in transition. I, I like the way he delays, um, you know, gains the middle. He's comfortable, you know, delegating to his teammates, finding pucks back, um, you know, closer into the net and, and getting shots off that way. Um, 6 187 pounds. He's got some weight to add to his frame. He's one of the best players on a, a pretty good Owen Sound attack team, so... Very promising player. I'm, I'm sort of interested to see if he even maybe rises up these rankings. He's pretty high where he is, but you never know with players like these. Then at 13th, we've got the second of two Prince George Cougars in this first round, the highest of the two, um, and that's Riley Heights. So Height for me, he's just, he's just screams second line center. Uh, great playmaker, loves to delay, find soft ice, um, you know, open up lanes for his teammates by dictating the pace of play. Um, great hands, and he's a really good skater as well. Uh, pushes the pace, but is also comfortable slowing it down. He's, he's got a lot of intelligence to his game. I really like this prospect. Um, he can play center. He can play wing. Uh, I think he ends up being a center at the end of the day, um, just based on his playmaking and, and intelligence. Then at 12th overall, we've got the highest-ranked defenseman in my first round. That's Caden Price. It's still him. Um, still one of the most intelligent players in this class. Definitely the most intelligent defenseman. He, he lacks sort of that high-end puck skill across the board. I don't think his puck skills are high-end or elite, um, but he's definitely one of the more intelligent guys, and that really compensates for his lack of puck skills. I'm excited about Caden Price. I see a lot coming out of him. Then at 11th overall, we've got Will Smith, uh, right-handed uh, center from the US NTDP, the best player in the US NTDP by far, in my opinion. Just the most shifty elusive crafty player uh in the ushl right now just he there's nothing he can't do with the puck the stick handling is tremendous and what i really like is especially the fact that he always keeps all of his options open there's there's he's never limiting himself to one or two things uh on the puck he does, never has a set play in mind he's always sort of comfortable reevaluating his options and choosing different ones if the one that he has in mind closes up or if it's not the best or something else that's better opens up he's just very adaptable and and that's something that's really priceless in a, in a in a prospect then we get into the top 10 we're going to start with the 10th overall pick here and that's Braden Jaeger Jaeger is one of the best scorers in the draft he's a center uh, right-handed shooter all that has value and He's added the fact that, you know, he's able to use his goal-scoring threat 
as fodder for his playmaking, which he didn't do before this year. So that's an improvement in his game, especially in the month of November. That's something that he's added to his game. But his defensive game is taking a big step back. And the reason I had him higher than he, he is right now is because his defensive game was polished. Um, but I'm seeing him, you know, drag his feet on the back check, um, make mistakes on the puck, turn the puck over, that kind of thing. And that's kind of shot his his value a bit. Um, now we move on to ninth overall. We've got Dalibor Dvorsky. Dvorsky just edges out Jaeger because I've seen more consistency from Dvorsky. Um, but, you know, he, he's another center with decent size and a great shot. Um, I like his his skating mechanics. I like the, the the advanced understanding that he has of the game. But defensively, he's been having issues, and his decisions all haven't always been the best. At his best, Dvorsky might be a top five player in this draft, but it's just the inconsistency with him. There are games where he, he genuinely makes the weirdest decisions, and that sort of affected his value. But he might even end up slipping if he continues to put up poor performances. Um, but so far, he's held his own in the top 10. He, he's safe where he is. Then at 8th overall, uh, personal's favorite of mine and Callum Ritchie of the Oshawa Generals in the OHL. Not only is he extremely smart and extremely offensively gifted, but he gets under his opponent's skin so consistently. And there's so much intensity to his game. He's a big guy. He throws his body around. He isn't shy to come to the defense of his teammates. Uh, he pushes the pace, but he's another guy who's just very comfortable slowing the pace down as well. Um, doesn't rush things, you know, needlessly or stuff like that. So he, he's still got many projectable elements uh, and, and definitely holds his own in the, in the top 10 of the 2023 draft. Moving on, at the seventh overall selection, um, Edward Chalet is definitely up there among the smartest players in this class. Um, his understanding of positioning, the way that he sneaks off the puck and finds little pockets of space um, and then quickly puts the puck in an advantageous position to be able to shoot it off rip, it's so impressive. And, you know, he's already playing pro hockey. He's got a decent frame. All that adds up. But really, for me, what sells him to me is the intelligence. I'm a big smarts guy, and it's it really shows in these rankings um, and it's going to show even more with this next pick. At six overall, I have Andrew Crystal of the Kelowna Rockets. He's over two points per game right now on a team that really doesn't have much to offer in terms of assistance. So he's really driving the bus. Honestly, other than him and maybe Colton Dock, there aren't many forwards of you know on that team that have the the potential to be able to drive their line or, or drive their team offensively. So the fact that Crystal's doing this in this draft here. It just speaks to the level of quality of this player. He's one of the most dynamic and quick uh, thinkers in this class. He he moves a puck extremely quickly. He finds his options uh, very easily, and he's comfortable hanging onto the puck just enough to open up a passing lane. And he has a great shot. And on top of that, he's probably you know a top three, top four stick handler in this draft. So just there's a lot to love about Crystal. Then at fifth overall, Zach Benson, just simply the best player on a stacked Winnipeg Ice team. He's For me, he's better than Matt Savoy, and he's better than Connor Geeky already, and is a year younger. So just a lot of value there. And on top of that, but despite the size, he's one of the most intense players in this class. So there's just a lot to love about Benson. Um, but the four players ahead of him really sort of, they're too good to ignore. First, we've got Leo Carlson at fourth overall. Uh, a big center who can drive play. He's got incredibly soft hands for a guy of his size. Um, loves to get the puck in tight and, li and lift it up, um, you know, under the bar. And 
He's got the the puck protection ability to be able to make those moves to the net in order to benefit from the fact that he's so good in close quarters. So really projectable elements in this game. He's already playing Swedish, you know, pro hockey in, in Sweden. So there's just so much to love about him. Then I had a very long internal debate between third and second, but at the end of the day, I've, all, I've opted for Adam Fantilli at third overall. Now, the gap is so small between the three players in, in the top three, but... Um, you know, Fantilli is just, he's hes so good in so many different areas, and I don't think he has any glaring weaknesses. I don't think there's any part of his game that I can point at and say, okay, that is something that he needs to improve. Um, it's just about bringing everything up a couple steps, but he's big, he's physical, but he's so offensively gifted as well. I just, I think the offensive upside of the two guys ahead of him is just too, too massive to ignore. So for me, he's stuck at third for the moment until I see... Um, something very glaring in the other two guys that makes me think that Fantilli's better. So at second overall, we've got Matvey Michkov, the best prospect out of Russia in a very long time. Um, yes, he's small at 5'10", 160 pounds. Yes, he's not the best defensively by any margin. He's got almost no defensive value, but he could score 100 points in the NHL. Um, he could end up being the best goal scorer out of this draft. His, his ability to find little holes in the netminder and just sneak the puck in consistently is just outstanding. He's just so good at reading netminders, reading defenders, and, and sneaking pucks in that I have no doubt in my mind that Michkov is going to be able to translate to the NHL his goal-scoring ability. Maybe the rest of his game might need some work, but at the end of the day, you might be looking at the best goal-scoring player out of this draft, and that's saying something given who's at first overall. And I don't think it's any doubt in anyone's mind. Connor Bedard is going first overall. I don't care that he's not the biggest. He is immovable on the puck physically. And on top of that, he's the most shifty, dynamic, elusive, um, skillful player in this draft. On top of having a, a shot that rivals Austin Matthews's in terms of, of velocity and accuracy. It's just, it's insane. That really does it for the top 32 in our honorable mentions. Now, I'm going to get into the risers and fallers from this past draft right after these messages. Do you like betting? BetOnline.net is your number one source for any wager that interests you. From the NFL to the NBA to the MLB and even NCAA football, UFC, golf, anything you like, they have you covered. You can find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game on their website or app. They're, of course, a great source for all of your sports wagering information with live betting. So you can keep up with the bets as they unfold. Uh, they've got up to the minute scores for every sport out there. They're the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite games and events. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. All right. So now that we've gotten the top 32 and honorable mentions out of the way, I just wanted to break down the risers and fallers and why they've risen or fallen, what my assessment has been of them in the past month and how that's affected the rankings. So we'll start with the fallers. First and foremost, uh, we'll start with Luca Cagnoni, who just missed out, honestly, on the top 32. Um, I don't think there's anything particularly wrong with what Cagnoni has done in the past month. It's just that the players that have jumped into the top 32, the two players, notably being Hunter Brestevitz and Gavin Brindley, they've just outplayed him. And the players ahead of him were just, for me, they were immovable. I couldn't, I couldn't take them out of the top 32 um, without thinking that I was making a mistake. So then you go to Tanner Molendyke, and Tanner Molendyke is probably the best rush defender in this draft. You just, you can't get around him. 
he breaks up plays so regularly and is is really really good at preventing zone entries but it's it's offensively that is the issue um Molendek has almost done nothing offensively and if you're looking if you're drafting in the first round you're not looking for a specialist the player that's good at one that's like excellent at one thing but average or much worse in in every other area you're looking for a player who's going to give you you know something very good in one area and at least be good you know not great not excellent but at least good in a couple other areas i just don't see that from Molendike. so he's still in the honorable mentions i still think that his his rush defending will get him drafted high uh but there's elements in this game that need to be developed you know a long way before he's ready for the nhl notably his playmaking notably his shooting his, his shot is is very weak then we move on to Cam Allen. Now, I've said enough about Cam Allen where, you know, I've, I've been thoroughly disappointed by this prospect. Heading into the season, he was a surefire top 10 pick. And now I'm debating whether to even include him in my honorable mentions. It's been rough for Allen. I've waited all month. I've watched a couple games. And every time, I've just been hoping that he gives me a sign that he is just a, a, a product of a bad environment in Guelph. But he is creating that poor environment in Guelph. He's genuinely one of their, their most rough-to-watch players this season. And it's just it's been very disappointing. He's looking more and more like a C-grade prospect. Then, finally, for the fallers, we've got two more players. First and foremost, Otto Stenberg. I've explained it a bit um, when I was breaking down this game. But what's missing from his game for me is a niche. Um not the best playmaker, not the best goal scorer, not the best stick handler. He's just very fast and very responsible, which is great. But I don't think he's defensively responsible enough in order to compensate for his lack of offense. You, know, you got players like Archery Lekkonen at the NHL level who are defensive specialists uh, with decent speed and all that. But Lekkonen is still a very good shooter. Like He's still able to put the puck in the net, at least semi-regularly. So Sandberg has slipped down from, you know, 18th to 23rd, 24th for me um, because of that. And he might continue to slip because, you know, I still think he might develop something, you know, before the end of the season. But it's just it's I see him as a versatile player who can do a bit of everything, but he doesn't stand out in any area. And that's kind of hurting his potential. And then finally, Braden Yeager, who is the highest ranked of these followers, has fallen from 7th to 10th. Um, I mentioned that a bit, but really the, the step back in his defensive game has been concerning. He's added some playmaking elements, which is great, but that can't come at the detriment of what I thought was really his strongest element, which was his, his defensive game. For the risers, the fun part, Gavin Brindley is so good, and it was very hard to leave him out of the top 25 but I opted for 29th overall with him just because it's a small sample. Um, he got a shot in the top six because half of the Michigan team was was ill, and he did really, really well. That's what sort of crept him into the, the top 32 for me, but I do want to see some improvement in terms of his ability to slow down the play and not constantly be on gear four um, throughout his shift. It's great that he's able to skid all over the ice and create turnovers and, and you know, burn defenders and all that, but I want to see some delay in his game. I want to see him slow down the pace, find trailers, that kind of thing. That's still absent from his game, so that sort of limits him from being a top 25 prospect for me so far. Hunter Bristevitz, um, 
he just hit another gear offensively, and on top of that, he's playing for a poor team. So he's he's one of those shine, shining stars on a on a struggling team in Kitchener. Um, so it's it's great to see that from him, and that sort of bumped him into the first round for me. Axel Sandin Palika, another right-handed defender, um, just a transition monster. I just I've I've gotten higher on his game not because he's done anything particularly better in this past month, but just because I've just gotten more viewings from him, and I am comfortable sort of bumping him a couple more um, selections in the draft, but nothing spectacular. What's spectacular though is the rise of Lucas Dragicevic. He went from twenty third to fifteenth overall in my rankings. And that's because he's just shown another level. There have been games where he looked like a top 10 pick, you know, uh, rushing into the offensive zone, carrying the puck in himself, creating chances and getting back on time to defend really well. Um, it's just the inconsistency that's preventing him from being that top 10 pick because there are games where he doesn't look like a first rounder. So I, I think it'll be easier to develop the consistency with Dragicevic than it would be to um, just spawn out of nowhere the offensive ability that he has in another player. Um, so that's why I have him that high. And finally, we've got Will Smith, um, who rose up my rankings because his offensive dynamism has just been on display in the past month. He's been opening passing leads for himself with tremendous stick handling. He's been looking off passes, you know, passing on the backhand uh, with his back to the play, um, you know, with pinpoint accuracy. It, he's just, it seems like he's reached another level this past month. So he gets a bump up, up to 11th overall, and he could continue to rise if Braden Year continues to play like he has. And then finally, um, the player I'm highest on out of this bunch of risers, and it's Andrew Crystal. I've seen him in outside the top 20, and I just don't get it. Um, so dynamic, so skillful, such a quick thinker. There's just so many levels to his offensive game. He can shoot, he can pass, he can stick handle. Just There's nothing he can't do with the puck, and on top of that, he's, he's good defensively. So, yeah, he deserves to be in the top 10 for sure, and he's my sixth overall pick. That's it for the risers and, and fallers for this segment and this episode. If you liked what you've been listening to, make sure to like and subscribe if you're watching on YouTube and follow along on all your fo- favorite podcasting platforms and make us your first listen of the day. For your second listen of the day, make sure to check out Locked On Sports today. They're a great show to keep up with all the new recent scores for your favorite leagues. They're a great source for information. Uh, you should definitely check them out. Now, this has been Locked On NHL Prospects and Hattie Kalakesh, and I hope you tune in next time.